I've talked to quite a lot of boyos over the last year, and a few patterns have arisen, which I find quite interesting. And one of which is something that I've suffered with for a very, very long time. And I see it. I see it in glimpses of people, but they don't really want to come to terms with it. And this is because it involves this idea of the persona, and a particularly pernicious, hidden, cruel, negative effect of the persona on you. So... I guess a question to preface this video is, who are you? Like, you don't have to answer back to your phone or to your TV, but who are you, right? Because the Greeks said that the most important thing was to know thyself. So it's a good question to answer. And there are many ways to answer that question. And, you know, you could answer with, I'm a scientist. You know, I am a husband. I am a businessman. I am a this. You, most people answer in the form of a label. And... You, this might be a case of being very cynical, but it, it does reveal an underlying, you could call it a tension, a neurosis, if you like, where you are not your label. And there are multiple reasons why you're not your label, but you're, you're something else, right? So who are you really? And that's this idea of the persona. So Jung said that the persona was our mask that we wear to the rest of the world. And this is something I think everybody knows. It's one of his most universally known ideas, that and the shadow. If you, if you, this is something interesting. If, if you Google Carl Jung, like analytics, why have I done this? I don't know. But shadow is like number one, red books up there. And persona is also up there. Everyone knows about it. It's the face you wear to the world. But what precisely does that mean? Well, people oftentimes think that it's a case of being shy. And that might be a case of a persona. It is a way of retracting away from the world so that the world doesn't destroy you, which is a very useful thing. You know, being shy is quite a childish thing, but it's useful in childhood to not jump out there. But the persona is something else too, where you fall into a group and groups are defined by identities. And so you can have the canonical groups in the world like man, woman, your race, your sexuality, all of that stuff. They're the canonical ones for some strange reason. But then you can also have smaller groups like your company or your family. And so that's when you identify as I'm a businessman, for example. Why aren't you a businessman? Well, as we've said, it's a piece of the collective. So it depends on other human beings for its existence. And that's precisely why it's not you. You see, you are, I don't quite know how to define us, consciousness, but it's something like an intangible experience at the conjunction between a unit of space and time. It's a really nerdy way of saying you just are. You know, it's just, just, just the essence of are-ness. You can't really define it. It's an intangible concept, like define love, define masculinity. It's a really difficult thing to do. But we know for a fact we're not things that depend on the collective. Just by definition, you might need the collective to survive because else you might not get food. But the business is something that was constructed by many, many, many different people over a long period of time. And if other people decided to no longer recognize the business as a business, for example, it goes bankrupt, you know, I've got no money, but you're still going to recognize me as a business. It doesn't work like that. Then it ceases to exist. So what does that mean for you if you're a businessman as your identity, as your persona? Well, that's going to hurt you because you've taken it on as a part of you. So you can start to see the problem here. When people who go all out in one particular domain hit a wall and they fall apart, well, that really hurts them because they were their career. So what else are they? 
So we wear these faces all the time, everybody does, whenever you enter a new circle, and we wear it primarily for social cohesion, right? It's a form of protection, and it's a way of saying, I'm one of you, don't attack me. It's an evolved mechanism for a reason, and it's also a way, conveniently enough, for you not to confront your shadow side, because you bundle it behind your persona and you go, I'm actually this really happy person. So you know it in small talk all the time. And, uh, and it takes someone without a persona to be very, very good at small talk, but quite jarring. And I find this really, really difficult. But, you know, you just talk about the weather and you smile and you're not too inappropriate and you're not edgy. And there are certain topics that you don't bring up. That's a persona of happy citizen, good person, ding, smile, right? Whereas someone without a persona comes in and they sit there and they listen to you and then they go, tell me more about that. Expand on that. Why do you think that? You know, kind of the psychoanalyst approach. Because a psychoanalyst doesn't really have a persona because they've learnt this stuff, hopefully. So, that's one side of the of the persona, which is, okay, I'm not my business. I'm not my family. I'm not all these things. I am something separate. I can care about them, but I am something separate. And that actually protects you when things go really badly wrong. But Jung talked about in Collected Works 7, which is the relations between the ego and the unconscious, that there's a particularly pernicious type of persona that affects mostly young people and this is in the form of hero worship so on the thumbnail you would have seen that there are three very admirable men i had jordan peterson gary v and jocko willink on there and these are men who are very popular on the internet and who have a quote-unquote following which i guess is a religious word implicitly but i'm not going to attack that that's perfectly fine i'm also a follower of these individuals in particular jordan peterson and gary v they've been a huge influence on me you know people tell me all the time on the internet i sort of i i, I speak jordan peterson-y words and i have his like vocal ticks and I and I and I look like him sometimes when I do whatever actions so there has been a clear influence and Gary Vee has really really influenced my work ethic and the way that I see the world same with lots of us we live on the internet this is what we do it's, it's, it's the new environment that's opening up for us and a new vista of opportunity but there's a problem here and there seems to be a certain type of person probably a a very open type of person who admire these people to a degree that's dangerous so i'll explain what i mean we all have an ideal of who we want to be right we might not know what it is but we have an ideal our unconscious wants us to go somewhere and then we see a figure so in the past traditionally it's been jesus christ for we'll say the the western world's psyche and for some of the eastern world's psyche as well like jesus he's all over the place because there's something about him that says I am who you should become, or I am who you should embody. And this is why Jung in Ion talked about him as being a symbol of the self. A really crude, really dirty, one second way of explaining that is, he is that who we feel we should become, right? And so that works for people. It's an e To have Christ on your throne has been a very, very good thing for people to have in the past. There might not be a perfect thing, you can bring up arguments, but it's kept us as a stable society, which is a really rare thing to do. But the problem is other figures come in the way. We've had, as Nietzsche says, God is dead, you know, bye-bye, we've now buried his corpse. So what's going to be there to replace him? And I think a lot of us are looking for another God-type figure. And by that, I mean somebody who we can act like to lead to our own promised land. So that's why I bring up those very admirable men on, the, on my thumbnail. These people, I think, come along and you get followers from them. But not just, you know, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. I'm going to enjoy your content. That's most people. But some people, they go to the extent of, 
I'm going to become this person. So what they do in the sense of a persona is they take Gary V's face and they wear it. And they go, I'm Gary V. All I've wanted to do is build businesses, boys. It's like, well, you haven't because that's not you. You're still a you. You still have your personality. So they wear it. And the, the reason why they do this is because they see Gary V as an example, as their ideal. But their ideal is so far removed from themselves that to even take a step in the right direction to becoming like Gary V is going to, it's not going to do anything. It's a doomed endeavor. You know, he's worth what? A quarter of a billion dollars. He works nonstop. He's got a family. He's very disciplined. And we're probably none of those things if you're a young individual. You haven't had time to harness these things. So you see your ideal, and rather than go step by step, you jump and wear him as a face. And the problem with this is you stop being you, and that doesn't sustain you through tragedy. It's a dangerous thing to do. And you can see this. You can see this with people who wear Jordan Peterson's face, for example, when they say word for word exactly what he says. And I know I'm, I'm fully cognizant of the um, influence that he's had on me, but I try and think for myself too, and to not just go around going, it's not obvious that the Bible is wrong. But there are people who do that, and I see them all the time. And it's like, this is... Jung warned about this in the source material because it doesn't sustain you. Once you get hit by a sufficient level of anxiety or depression or something bad happens to you, you, for the last God knows how long, haven't been you. You've been waddling around as a Gary V clone. So you've actually made no development in that time. This is what Jung says. You've made no development. You're still just whoever you were at the time you put the face on. So let's say you put the face on when you're 16. And then when you're 25, you realize you, you know, you've gone to college, you don't really know what to do with it, you're dead broke, your family doesn't really want to help you, you've got nothing really going for you in a, in a social sense, but you have your mask, you've said that you act like Gary Vee, you said that you work all day long every single day, but you don't, you just wear the mask. So that's left you with, in that case, nine wasted years. And this does happen to people an awful lot. This is what happens when you don't individuate. And I see this, and it's almost like a warning. A lot of people who try and go into the more really heavy masculine stuff, what they do is they wear a masculine face. So, or they get into virtue and they wear an Aristotle face. And you, you see, this, there's so many people, I'm not going to name any examples because there's just so many of them, but they start acting like a, like a, you know, like a powerful Roman soldier or something, or, or, or they start being, I am a Spartan for the Western Empire and I'm going to lift weights and I'm going to, I'm going to be a virtuous man. I'm going to read Marcus Aurelius, death is coming brother and all of, all of this stuff. But that's not you. Like, where's your laughing? Where's your happiness? Where's the you that people used to love? Where's your capacity to love? When you're alone by yourself, are you able to be alone? Or have you got the voice of these people that you've seen around you who are like pseudo-Christ figures, archetypally speaking, just yelling in your brain going, you're not living up to who you should be. You're not living up to who you should be. So that's a word of warning. But I guess the question is, finally, to, to end this is, who are you? Well, as I said earlier, you and myself, it's difficult to define who we are. You know, my name is, well, Jimmy Boyo or Jamascus of Syria or Dutch soy merchant Jap Delun or whatever these other retarded names are. But am I really the name? Because again, a name is a collective construct. We all, it requires other people for the name to have a meaning, right? And indeed, if you say your name over and over and over and over and over again for like two minutes straight, the name actually loses its meaning. 
So it takes two minutes, if that, for your name to lose meaning. You're not your name. So who are you? Well, this is where you can default into existentialist philosophy. You just kind of are. You are an experience, right? But you are an experience that has... It's evolved over three and a half billion years to create a unique genome, a unique epigenome that's lived within certain environmental conditions for X number of years to produce you. The universe will never produce another one of you. And you know that unless you have the really bad genetic lottery, which is highly, highly unlikely, that you are gifted beyond belief. And I don't want to turn into a motivational positive speaker because I'm not a particularly positive person. It actually makes me feel a bit ill, to be honest. But an objective way of looking at it is you are somebody who has a unique gift to give to the world by natural selection or else you wouldn't exist right and i understand that natural selection produces you know it it it, it, it goes ahead and it produces people at the ends of distributions and people with dodgy traits as well to experiment but most of the time unless you're really on the edge you're, you existed for a reason and you're going to find what you want to find in the world because we live in a human, socially constructed world. You're going to find something that's going to match you. And you're going to find another human being, again, unless you're very unfortunate, that's going to match who you are. So why are you finding these heroes all over the place and attaching them to yourself? Why are you not happy unless you act like somebody else? And there's a healthy dose of having a role model, absolutely. But... It's very dangerous when the role model goes too far and you start wanting to literally be that person. Because what you're doing is you're living in the arena of memes with that other individual and they're winning in the arena of memes. And they win and you wear their face. And this happens to so many people. I think it's partly a consequence as well of stuff like Twitter where you can have people who have their follower account that's, that's shown. So therefore to you it signals they're important. So therefore, well, I've, I've done things and I have followers and then people start to act like you and, 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 and behave like you. And, you know, we do this with mirror neurons. This is how we learn as we develop. We do start picking up other people's tones. But at the expense of your individuality is essentially suicide before God, psychically speaking. And that's an absolutely massive shame because you have a real gift that you can give to the world. And the world, it has, it has produced you, you could say, for a reason or not for a reason, but... You should be damned if you're going to give that up to wear somebody else's face. It's going to tell you who you should be. That's not what your parents thought when they first held you in their arms. The divine child, the archetype of the divine child to inhabit the kingdom of God. The divine child doesn't say there's another divine child that's better than me, so I'm going to cuck to them. Mentally, I'm going to act like them because I'm not good enough. The answer is you might not be good enough. You might be terrible. You might be an absolute waste of space but you have that potential within you to not be so. And the potential within you is the key point. So you should go out there and live it. Uh, I have been Tony Robbins. I have been your host. Thank you very much for watching. Appreciate you. Fare thee well.